1: Now, here is your host, Realtor, Deb Tomorrow.
2: Hello, welcome to another episode of Real Real Estate. Today, I am your host, Deb Tomorrow, as my mother always tells me. Spell it, so they know how to spell it. T-O-M-A-R-O It's like tomato. Don't let it confuse you. And God help you if your last name is tomorrow and you try to go pick up a pizza. Because they say, why are you here today? When you say you're picking up a pizza for tomorrow. Uh. very, very complicated. <laughs> Welcome to my life. So I am here with two guests. Hopefully you tuned into last week's episode uh, where we were talking title part one and now we are talking title part two. This is our gossip episode. That's what I've decided. <laughs> we're going to do our gossip episode. Which we're going to be talking about why you need title insurance. But uh, before we get started, let me in- introduce who's here with me. First is Karen Rastel, best damn lender in the state of Indiana. Hello. Hi, Karen. Thanks for coming back. Thanks for having me back. And we are also joined by Brittany Libert. Hello. She is with Green County Regional Title. She joined us last week to talk title. And she's going to share some stories and some insight this week as well. But you know, before we get started, I always have something, some smaller topic that I like to touch on. And I'm maybe getting on a soapbox here. So you may have to knock me off. But I got something to say. It's my damn show, so I'm going to say it. I don't care what anybody thinks. I have no idea what the topic is, what I'm she's nervous. about to say. I know, uh, I know. Are you scared? Yeah. Lowballing. Oh. Uh, I wish there was another word for it, actually, because that one kind of makes me uncomfortable. <laughs> <laughs> Why are you laughing so hard? Again? Because it reminds me of something I see on the back of a pickup truck. Oh, yes. <laughs> there you go. All right. So I wish there was another word for it. But anyways, I hear it all the time. This is what I hear all the time. We're just going to lowball, and the sell- sellers will counter back. I have news for you if that's what you think your negotiating strategy is. Wrong. The sellers do not have to counter back and I want to make this abundantly clear. They do not have to respond to you. I don't know where it came from that people think that you know they're due a res- if a seller if a buyer makes an offer that the seller has to respond back with something because that ain't true um that's when you refer them back to to one of your episodes one of your uh, previous shows and you can say go and download this podcast and listen to it right There's and probably every single one probably you exactly. mentioned it because here's what's going to happen i'm going to tell you what's going to happen every single time you're going to lowball an offer and you're going to piss off the sellers And, uh, or you're going to insult them. And then you're going to be like, well, okay, so we'll try and make another offer and come back with something that's higher and more realistic. And then guess what? The sellers are going to get even madder because they're going to realize that you were willing to pay more. You were just being a jerk. And I'm not saying you're being a jerk. I'm just saying that is the seller's perception. And part of success in negotiations that a lot of people want to deny, and by a lot of people I mean realtors, is that you are successful when you work on understanding the other party's perception. It can't just be about you to be a successful negotiator. You try to... Figure out where the other side is coming from and how your actions are going to make them react. Have you not ever watched like War Games and whatever? It's strategy, man. Did strategy. you just say War Games? <laughs> <I don't know. laughs> I'm sorry, but I'm just like saying you threw it's that one strategy. Out. Yes, right. It you is. know that's really what it's about. It's negotiations. It's strategy. It's not strong I arming mean, it's strategy so have you seen um an increase in that going uh, on especially since our inventory is very low here in yeah. our market so there's a couple of things going on there are sellers who are we did a show uh, a few months ago about unrealistic sellers mm-hmm. uh and so the sellers are a little bit unrealistic and so like i showed a place last week oh my goodness gracious i mean the the carpet had been half pulled up in the entire place and there were just piles of trash everywhere I mean, it was crazy, like, someone didn't move out, like, a tornado helped them out the door, I think, <laughs> I don't even know. I mean, it was, like, insanely bad. However, it was probably priced okay for ha- the condition of it. Mm-hmm. It was priced at 115 probably worth 160 170 at the end of the day with new carpet and whatnot. But it was a little jarring to walk in there, and a lot of people don't want to do that kind of work. It was in a very, very high-demand neighborhood. Um, and the client wanted to offer 75000 Now, I mean, the seller's a little unrealistic in thinking they're going to have tons and tons of interest just because of their location, mm-hmm. because you still have to take care of the property, too. Um, but the buyer was like, well, they'll just come back. And renegotiate, you know, and with another number and we'll just negotiate. Well, guess what? They didn't. And I actually just got a text from the listing agent who thinks my name is Avery. I don't know why. But she said, hi, Avery. And I'm like, I don't understand who this is. But anyways, (laughs) I finally figured it out, which has got me off on this rant. Uh, And she said that the sellers actually decided to just fix the property up. Not even going to respond, they're going to take it off the market completely because if these are the kind of offers they're going to get, that was sort of their reaction. But I had another one that was similar in that the house was not in very good condition at all, priced pretty high. Clients started about $40,000 below list price. They did not respond. Came back, raised that, I don't know, maybe $15,000 or so, um, maybe 18000 and finally got a response but at this point, I mean, the the seller's, like, annoyed as all get out. And, I mean, they need to just calm down, too, because their house is sort of a hot mess. But the uh, ceiling was sagging, and there was some crazy stuff like that. But it just, it you know, created a lot of, like, contention, and it never came together. But the other thing, too, is that even if you go in with a low ball, okay, you go in, and you're hoping that they're going to respond, someone else may not have had that same thought process. Right. Could have come in and maybe offered, you know, something a lot better than that, and now it's, it's pending. Right, exactly. And that's what happened, though, is that the, they ended up getting two more offers while we were busy going back and forth, and we lost the place. Um, and, you know, I, I think my clients, I think their first number was actually right. I think their first offer was probably where that house should be sold at, because they do think it probably has some significant issues. But the seller wasn't there yet, and do you remember the definition of value? yes. Thank you. She crosses her fingers because it's when the seller's willing to pay what a bu- or when the seller's willing to accept what a buyer's willing to pay. You there's two sides to that equation to define value. You can't a seller doesn't define value independently of a buyer. A buyer doesn't de- define value independently of a seller. You've got to have both sides agreed. Uh, there's no law in the universe that both sides must see eye to eye. There's law of attraction. But there is no law that says both sides must see eye to eye. There is no rule that a seller has to negotiate with you. And sometimes you have to walk away from a house that is not priced correctly for you. I don't fault any of my buyers. I love my buyers. Um, And I don't fault any of them for offering what they offered. I would only fault them if they got really offended, which nobody really did. But, you know, they start to get offended, and then you kind of go, oh, wait a minute, and you kind of talk through it, and you know, they realize, oh, oh, I probably shouldn't get offended. Because everybody's, you know, coming at it with their own uh, their own needs and their own goals. I get this all the time, and think about this. Someone explain this, riddle me this. If a seller is willing to take, say, 40% below their list price, uh, do you think they would go ahead and just keep it listed that high? And not get offers? I mean, if you're willing to take a much lower price, don't you think you would price your house lower or drop your price so you can get an offer and move on? I guess it just depends. If you've got some, if you have time, if you have a little bit of time to see if anybody would bite at the higher, sure, why not? See if you can get something close to that. But, I mean, I don't know if you have a particular property in mind and if it went on the market, no no offers after a couple months, I would definitely yeah. have lowered it. Uh, but I'm saying that if a, the seller's not lowering the price, I'm just saying I think a motivated seller would lower the price if they're willing to take something 40% you know, yes. below. Yeah. yeah. That's a good sign. Uh, you know, I mean, sellers feel like they need to build some negotiating room into the price, but they're not building in 40%. They're not going say, well, I'm going to list this for $200,000, but really I'd take a dollars <laughs> I'm telling you, there's not a seller out there who thinks that. And if you think there are sellers out there who think that, then I need to smack you across the face. Mm-hmm. Okay, so that is the thing. Ask your realtor what your average um, sales price to list price ratio is in your area. These are published numbers typically by um, like Indiana Association of Realtors puts these numbers out by county and it's really good information. You know you have a good realtor if they can answer that question for you. If they cannot answer that question for you, you probably need to run the other way. What is the average sales price to list price ratio? So that means on average... How much do homes sell for as a percentage? So in our market, we are creeping up to about 97.5%, 98%. So there's only about a 2% on average. Now, some of you are going to negotiate more, but we have a lot of houses that are selling for over list price too. So that kind of evens it out. In some markets, that is over 100%. Then people in some markets are paying 110% of list price. Brittany's like scared to death. It's okay. That doesn't happen in Green does County. does not happen <laughs> in Green County, right? Exactly. Um, but you need to, to know that number and sort of keep that in mind because um, everybody's kind of working off of that number. Okay. Does that come across as real ranty? No, but it also reminded me of a question I asked you last week about hey, what do you know about this particular property? Mm-hmm. And you know, I had just heard that it had been on and off the market the past year or two even. And your response was very interesting. It's like does the price I don't think the price point has changed much Mm-mm. but now now everyone has seen that property come back on the market. So now they're wondering like what is really wrong with that house. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And they I don't know. I, I just if you don't price your home correctly and it lingers on the market, you get a stigma. Even realtors who haven't been in the house think something's probably wrong with the house Mm -hmm. because why is it not selling? Right. And it, you know, we've talked about that again. I invite you to revisit our shows on unreasonable sellers because those kind of covered all of that similar thing. But I just want to put it in perspective. If you are wanting to lowball something, be really realistic about the outcome, and don't get angry when you don't when the sellers don't respond, because for most sellers, that's going to be a normal. Normal response, um, for sure. Okay, so we are... Okay, moving on. Rip that piece of paper up. We're going to go more in-depth today on title insurance. Last week we talked about... um, the title company and sort of what their role is in the whole real estate transaction and how they're sort of the unsung heroes. And we said, if they're doing their jobs, right, you probably won't have any memory of them at all. Um, but, uh, we want to talk a little bit more about title insurance because as I think we sort of ended the show last week with a bit of a story of a grandmother who was selling, uh, a house to her grandkids and she didn't have title insurance when she bought the house and she advised her grandkids not to get title insurance. And, um, We all sit in judgment. Uh, We think that's really wrong. And actually, let me clarify, because in the state of Indiana, as Brittany was sort of schooling us, you are not required to have title insurance. I don't know about other states. Do you know about any other states?
0: I don't know if they're required. We're not
2: required. Now, if you get a mortgage, you have to have the lender's title insurance policy. Your lender has to have a policy. But you are not required to have title insurance. So it really is a choice. But, you know, I guess to be honest with you, as a realtor, it's a choice that I don't really give you. (laughs) <laughs> it's like my title insurance you're going to get some yeah. um typically in my market the sellers pay for it so why not get it um that's you know an expected seller cost but um really you need to and we're going to talk for the rest of the show about why you need to so stick around we're going to go to break and then come back and uh share some title insurance gossip stories uh, you're listening to real real estate today your home for smart real estate
1: Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Are you interested in buying or selling a home? Not sure what the next step is? Deb can help. Go to RealRealEstateToday.com and click on Start Here. You'll be asked a few simple questions and Deb will personally contact you to help answer your real estate questions and connect you with a realtor in her personal nationwide network of realtors. So even if you aren't in Deb's service area, you're guaranteed to find a good match wherever you are. Visit realrealestatetoday.com. on the Voice America Variety Channel. You count. Tune into Interrevolutionary Radio and join the spontaneous wave of people all over the planet who, like you, are changing our world from the inside out. stimulating talk gets those synapses
2: in the brain firing really fast
1: all the time the number one internet talk station where your opinion counts voiceamerica.com you are listening to real real estate today to reach deb tomorrow or with questions and comments about the show please send an email to deb at real That's Deb at realrealestatetoday.com.
2: Now, back to this week's program. Okay, welcome back to Talking Title Part 2. It's growing on me the more I say it, Mm Talking Title Part 2. We're here with Brittany Libert of Green County Regional Title. And last week we talked a lot about what title companies do. But today we're going to convince you through gossip that title insurance is really, really important. I have another fun fact. So do you remember I gotta find my thing. Uh, last week we talked about the history of title insurance. Yes. Who can quote for me? Who can quote for me the history of title insurance and what the the names of the parties were Started with a W. More, mm-hmm. what's well, like Watson? Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, yeah, Watson, Watson was one and part. Moore something Muir, I thought.
2: Muir, Muir. Yeah, yeah, we're not, we're yeah. not going to pass this quiz. It starts with an okay. M. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Watson and Muirwood uh, Were yeah, I think as a group we got it all. <laughs> um, so that was the court case that started Title Insurance. Um, did you know that Abe Lincoln's family? on Honest Abe lost property twice due to not having clear title. I did not know that. See? he uh, had, They had property in Kentucky. There's a video. Did I send you that video, Rachel? I sent Rachel a video that a title company made telling the story. And they, um, So she'll put it up on Facebook. But, um, yeah, they had property in uh, Illinois, oh, Kentucky and then found out that they didn't have clear title to it, and he couldn't pay to have the title cleared. And so they lost it, and they moved eight miles away to another place. Um, I think this one they fought in court when the title uh, came up as a problem. Um, but somehow they still lost it, and they ended up moving to Indiana. That's how they came to Indiana. Uh, So lack of title insurance brought Abe Lincoln to (laughs) Indiana, where we're very proud to, I don't know if we had him for six months, but we call him one of our own. Mm -hmm. Um, And uh, because we were known at the time to have uh, land claims with clear title. And so they decided to come. So anyways, it goes way, way back. And I guess I just, that was the point I wanted to make, which I thought was interesting, was that, yes. you know, we talked about the case of the first title insurance company was formed in uh, 1876 in Philadelphia. So that's that's an honorable field that has been around for a long time, <laughs> Brittany. Um, so, it's, you know, it's easy to think that once you close on a property, it's all yours and nothing can come back from the previous owner's but that's
0: certainly not true. Is that the story that you had with something that happened from a previous? Yes. So it was the people before the grandmother had, the city had put a lien on their property for maintenance on the property that they had done. Okay. So we're talking about the
2: grandmother that sold to her grandchildren. Their grandchildren. There was a $46 lien on it that she ended up having to pay off. Yes. Because she couldn't sell to her grandchildren without having clear title because she never had clear title. Right. And that was from the city. Yes. From something that a previous owner had done. Yes, from 2014. Yeah, and I think, I know we run into it around here a lot too, if you, the city can put liens on properties for unpaid water bills and things like that. Yeah. What are other ways that liens can be put onto properties?
0: Other ways? Or other other people that put liens on properties? So, um, builders, uh, if they... Hire a bunch of contractors to build houses for them, and they don't pay those contractors. They can put mechanics liens on the property. Mm -hmm. Um, If you get divorced, and in your divorce decree, you're supposed to give part of that proceeds Mm -hmm. or the property to Mm -hmm. your spouse, your ex spouse, and Mm -hmm. you just sell it to somebody else, that you know, the spouse, the ex spouse is entitled to half that property. They can come back and ask for their interest back in the property. I had a crazy one. We had a crazy one earlier this year. I think we talked about it on
2: a show previously. Did we talk about it? Which one? They're all crazy. No, They're all crazy, right? So I had a client who, uh, there was a divorce, um, and he retained the marital home, and then uh, sometime later, he sold that home. We closed on that home. I represented him in the sale. We closed on that home after the divorce was final and everything, moving on. And then he uh, remarried, And bought a new home with his new wife. Mm -hmm. And the title company was insisting that he provide proof that he paid off his ex-wife upon the sale of the previous home, her share.
0: Yeah.
2: And we're like, well, you did that closing. Should be able to ensure that. Like, you would have made sure that you wouldn't have closed it if it hadn't have been done. We would be required to do that. Right, but they were were requiring proof and it kind of turned into a big thing because they ended up calling an attorney and then he was like, now my ex-wife knows that I'm buying a new home and he was kind of upset by that, which I got, you know, a whole big thing. But my point with that is that, um, yeah, things from divorces can certainly hang up. Uh, I've seen lots of um, tax warrants, tax judgments,
0: unpaid taxes. Anything that they can attach to your home or even to your name we search yeah. your name when when we do it too i mean we had one guy that had nine judgments against him he never paid anything and he had, couldn't i mean he couldn't sell his home until he paid all that stuff off I'm and he owned he owed his ex-wife $8000 and there was no way to prove that that was paid he couldn't provide any bank statements he couldn't The attorneys, both of their attorneys, like, quit their clients. They quit working with them. (laughs) We didn't Uh, talk about them. Yeah, they didn't. They quit. They did not want to represent them anymore. So we asked him if he paid it. He said yes. He couldn't prove it. So we had to pay it. You know, we just took the money out of his proceeds and then someone, it's a small town, somebody knew his ex-wife, found her somewhere else and she came back, said he'd never paid that. She she was in hiding from him basically. That's why he couldn't get a hold of her. But we found her. We got her her money oh and gosh. got that taken care of. But I mean, he tried to lie about it too. That's the, You you can't trust anybody right. if they say they don't have liens against it. Right. They would, I mean, everybody would say, say that.
2: That was $8,000. Yeah, I've been trying to put a deal together for probably four months now and we got a week away from closing, and then all of a sudden it was like, well, wait a minute. There's too many judgments. There's uh, there's not enough money to pay off these judgments. Yeah. Um, we were aware of about $11,000 in judgments, and we had crafted – it was sort of a not a listed deal. It was kind of a, just an off-the-side deal we were doing, and we had crafted a deal that um, we thought would be enough to mm-hmm. pay off his judgment so he would kind of break even and be able to walk away from this property. And come to find out there was at least three other judgments that totaled about $80,000. Oh, my. Yeah. Wow. Not enough meat on the bone there, you know, on $100,000 property kind of thing. So mm-hmm. he's been trying to work with the attorneys who filed those judgments, you know, on behalf of their clients to say, I don't have any money. But I don't know. What's, I mean, that's been going on for months now.
0: I had a deal like that Friday. The seller had to bring almost $6,000 to closing. They had owed more on the house than what they were selling it for. But she, you guys have to make a net funding sheet for Mm -hmm. your customers. And she had lied to her agent about how much her mortgage payoff was. And we weren't sure why, because it affects her and not anybody else. Right. And she, we almost didn't close because she was $2,000 short for the funds for closing. But she... She lied about it and didn't right. make her mortgage payment, so she had late fees and all kinds of things added on to well, there. Well, see, but a lot of
2: people don't know what their mortgage payoff is that either. That is true. And I never ask my clients, uh, when I do a net sheet just means, like, when we have a listing, someone brings us an offer, we typically do a net sheet to kind of show the seller approximately what their bottom line is going to be based on this offer. Mm-hmm. Um, but I never, I do, here's your proceeds before your mortgage payoff figure it out because I don't want to be wrong you know oh, yeah, I don't want right. that situation it's like yeah that's uh
0: that's yeah.
2: well one of you, you sent me a bunch of in preparation for the show you sent me a bunch of really great handouts and one of them, and I'm hoping we can—I don't know if this is a PDF, so we may have to figure out how we can put this online, uh, maybe as a document or something. I'll, I'll give you a copy. But it's ten common title problems, uh, and I thought this was uh, some pretty good information. We could go through. Uh, one is an error in public records. Uh, amazingly, that does happen. Yes.
0: Have you ever seen errors? Yes, we've made errors before. Sometimes it's just a typo, and you prepare a scrivener's affidavit, and you just get it recorded. How do you spell scrivener? I don't know. I don't even know (laughs) that I'm saying it 100% correct, but um, it's just if there's a typo or something in the legal description, even the person's name, then you just prepare an affidavit saying this was an error. Okay. Um,
2: But things like that could be, especially, you know, if you get the third and the second, you know, I'm trying to think of it like you know John Doe the second, John Doe the third and you put mm-hmm. the wrong person, mm-hmm. you know the wrong number and it's never discovered then that could be yeah. you know become an issue um, with that. Um, sometimes it can be clerical and filing errors. I'm going to guess that this happens too. You know when when they're doing the search. I was th- I think this is fascinating too. They physically go to the courthouse. Yes. And they physically look through Books. Books and books and books Mm -hmm. of all these things that have been recorded. Um, I had someone, I took a tour of the courthouse once. This is probably 10 years ago, and it was fascinating because they kind of showed us how they did it. I don't remember any of it now, but I should remember being fascinated. Um, But it's a really cool thing if you ever get the chance to, like, go down and look at, um, you know the recorder's office because mm-hmm. they have these big giant books with all this stuff in it. and just and then there are certain people who are just kind of always there because they work for the title companies and yep. that's pretty much where they camp out. Uh, they just take their laptops with them and they camp out there um, and go through things. So when you see those books and you see the files, you can realize that something could potentially get filed incorrectly. and that's an easy way for a, a lien or something to get missed. Yes. Because we are human. Uh, so that is number one. Number two, kind of along those lines, is an unknown lien. Um, so, you know, people, like you said, they may not know that they had an unpaid bill or something like that. And it could um, get misfiled and, and nobody finds out about it. This covers you. The title insurance covers you at closing if they find something mm-hmm. or covers you after closing yes. on the buyer side. Um, so that's that's an important one, too. Um, this is one that we talked about once. I don't what was the show about. We were talking about title stuff and deeds. Do you remember we told the story about a guy who uh, like his wife, they got divorced and he had a, like a fake stand in. Someone poses as the wife at closing. You did tell this story once. Tell that story. I'll figure that. I'm gonna gonna think about about it over break, and then we'll come back and we'll tell the story and how it impacts title insurance. So stick around. You're listening to Real Real Estate Today. Your home for smart real estate.
1: Think you've seen everything there is to see in online television? Let us surprise you. Visit voiceamerica.tv today for sports, health, business, and more on demand 24-7. Are you interested in buying or selling a home? Not sure what the next step is? Dev can help. Go to realrealestatetoday.com and click on Start Here. You'll be asked a few simple questions and Dev will personally contact you to help answer your real estate questions and connect you with a realtor in her personal nationwide network of realtors. So even if you aren't in Dev's service area, you're guaranteed to find a good match wherever you are. Visit realrealestatetoday.com.
0: Do you long to have a better love life? Relationships can be hard, but throw sexual problems
2: into the mix, and it's almost impossible to keep that close connection you want to have. Colette Milan, sex and relationship therapist, has been there. She will give you sound advice to turn your libido back on and bring the love back into your lovemaking. Tune in to Making Love with Colette Milan every Friday at 11 a.m. Pacific Time, 2 p.m. Eastern on Voice America Variety.
1: Psych Up Live is heard every Thursday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time, 11 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. We'll turn up your perspective on life. Streaming live. The leader in Internet talk radio. VoiceAmerica.com. You are listening to real real estate today to reach Deb tomorrow or with questions and comments about the show. Please send an email to Deb at real real estate That's Deb at real real estate today.com. Now back to this week's program.
2: Welcome back. We are talking title two episode two. So make sure you've turned into tuned into last week's episode. Um, if you are listening to this one, because the two go hand in hand, and you can always find those on voiceamerica.com or on iTunes or on my website, realrealestatetoday.com. So we've been talking about title problems, gossiping about all the fun stories of people who have maybe not had title insurance or are really glad they did have title insurance. One of them was an illegal deed. Those can be deeds that are signed by um, people that are posing as other people it's hard to do that but i mean i guess if you had a fake id i'm not trying to tell people how to do it
0: on the show but a shady notary if you were friends Mm -hmm. with someone that would notarize something that they shouldn't have for you right
2: right yeah Um, So it can be done, and title insurance would protect you because what happens is knock, knock, knock on your door in the middle of the night, and someone says, "Um, no, the real ex-wife stands up and says, this is my property. Um, And so the title insurance is going to insure you um, against any costs. Um, They have a a team of very high-powered attorneys and very savvy attorneys who do nothing but these kinds of litigation cases. Um, We talked uh, to... if, uh, a month or so ago, about like um, homes being built on the wrong lots and having, you know, de- the deeds were incorrect, a lot of incorrect information. We see it in new construction sometimes. Do you remember talking about that? Yes, but I think Brittany had a story where the garage, okay. you guys
0: had a story where the garage was on. The neighbor's land. On the so neighbor's land, yeah. The people were buying property, but they did not have access to their garage. The driveway to the garage was on their neighbor's land, and they did not know that until we... Was the garage on the neighbor's land or just the driveway? I think just the access for it is okay. what I understood. Okay. So they needed either an easement or that driveway. It was like 12 feet, and the neighbor was trying to like sell it to them for $12,000. And so how did that end up? They ended up finding out that the, the neighbor didn't own it either. It was before they <laughs> oh my had bought the property. It just never got conveyed at one point. So the easement or the access for their driveway didn't get transferred at one time. So you guys or whoever dug back into the records and yeah. found that at one point there
2: was an easement. Yes. There was access. It just had sort of fallen off because when we get deeds or get it shows any easements that are attached to it. But that's page two. And sometimes page two just.
0: Yeah. Disappears.
2: Yep. Yeah. So we we found that and got that taken care of. Here's a story. Speaking of garages, that I thought was kind of interesting. This has to do with um, Harvey. I think these names were maybe made up, but Harvey was a happy new homeowner who delighted in his hobby, that is his Harley Davidson motorcycle. Harvey would never think to leave his Harley out of the garage and exposed to the elements. That was exactly the threat he had to face not three months after moving into his new home. It seems that some years ago, through inadvertence, a prior owner of the property built the garage two feet over onto the neighbor's land. And we've seen this before, too. And this is a really important thing that title insurance can cover you for. So early one early morning, Harvey's neighbor woke up to the possibility that the garage was over the property line as he thrilled to the thunderous sound of, this is really fancily written, it's not necessary, <laughs> I'm happy to tell you. I read this and I was like, this could be simplified quite a bit. Um, but basically, the neighbor woke up because Harvey was taking his motor, like revving his motorcycle really loud, really early in the morning. So... Um, just Jack, the neighbor, was like, um, I'm going to see what's going on here. And so he contacted a surveyor. And sh- that's when they showed that the garage was two feet over onto Jack's property. Um, and so Harvey contacted his title insurance company uh, f- uh, the threat of the forced removal of Harvey's garage because it extended onto adjoining land was a covered title risk in Harvey's title policy. So if grandma didn't have title insurance, she would be fighting this on her own. Um, And in this case... Um, they were able to draft some sort of solution with the various attorneys involved that included soundproofing the garage um, and, um, and adjusting the property lines and, you know, having some compensation for that. But the title company, you know, litigators handled all of that for the
0: guy we've had a situation like that uh, they were buying property and their garage was two inches over the property line but the neighbors did not get along there was a judgment for the neighbor to move his barn and he did not until he wanted to sell his house so oh, so there had
2: been a judgment years before in place
0: yes and he just ne- okay. he, he never moved it uh-huh. so when they're getting a new loan they want that taken care of because we have found this judgment that their property is two inches over so he two hires inches. people how do you know two inches You know what I'm saying? Well, he literally just moved it two inches over. He just moved it two inches. He moved it two inches, and then the roof ended up being over the property line, so he had to move it again, and it delayed closing like five weeks because he was waiting on people to move his shed the two inches that he was told to move it. But we wouldn't ensure that. The buyer would not have ever bought a property with that issue because they were waiting. We had to clear that before we would let them buy that. And.
2: You couldn't provide clear title, so I'm assuming that if the buyer was getting a mortgage, that the mortgage company would no. have been like, mm, they'd not close. close until that yeah. was cleared
0: either. Yeah. Crazy. And that drug things out. I mean, that could affect their rate and everything. I know. I'm sitting
2: here as a lender thinking, oh, I wonder if the seller ended up paying for an extension for that buyer's yeah. rate. And, <laughs> I mean, that's... But good. why would you want to move in next door to a neighbor like that?
0: Well, they... I don't think that they were just nasty people. I think they did not get along. For those specific. Yeah, So they, mm, still, hothead. Mm -hmm. Interesting.
2: Okay, so that is one example, uh, encroachments, things that are um, over the property line. You're going to be protected as much as you can be at closing, um, but then you're also going to be protected after closing. And as we talked about in the last show, your title insurance is good for... Ever.
0: Yeah, as long as you own the property and then if you passed your it protects your heirs as well. Right. And you only pay how often? One time only. One time only. It's a good deal. Um,
2: right. what else are some common title problems? Um, Oh, I thought this one was interesting. Missing heirs. When a person dies, the ownership of the home may fall to their heirs or those named within their will. However, those heirs are sometimes missing or unknown at the time of death. Other times, family members may contest the will for their own property rights. These scenarios, which can happen long after you have purchased the property, may affect your rights to the property. So, if it passed to some heirs and they couldn't find one and they just kind of move forward, sold you the property. Twenty years later, that heir pops up and says, "Wait a minute, I have claim to this property." Yeah. So the title company, uh, insurance, they'll, they'll figure out some sum and pay them off to make them go away. Usually, is what happens. Yeah, because I understand it. Uh, here's another one: forgeries. This is kind of what we were talking about. Unfortunately, we don't live in a completely honest world. So sometimes forged or fabricated documents that affect property ownership are filed within public records. Um, and so your rights, that could put your rights in jeopardy as well. Um, undiscovered encumbrances is another common title problem. Um, and this can be uh, former mortgages, liens. I had a deal, I think it finally got cleared up. It was kind of crazy because it was a foreclosure. And there was the, the, a second mortgage held on it by an individual, not a bank, but an individual. And there were some other liens against it as well. The foreclosure wasn't done properly. And all of those liens weren't cleared. Um, And we were actually about two days away from closing on it and realized that we didn't have clear title. And we didn't know how long it was going to be to get clear title because they had to go back to all of these lien holders and say, "Mm, can you sign off on this? Well, they don't really want to sign off on it because then they're not getting anything. They're not going to get anything anyways, but to be stubborn... They're not going to sign off on it, so then they have to go through another foreclosure process, all over again. But had we not had title insurance, that probably would have been on a on a building that was worth maybe one hundred and forty thousand dollars. There probably would have been two hundred thousand dollars in liens that the owner would have probably had to pay off, or they could have come after. I wonder if that if this uh, example falls into the category. I I think the only one like weird or strange title story I have is that the property that these buyers were purchasing had a first right refusal on the property, which no one knew about until the title work came back. Which means that somebody else... At some point had filed something that says, hey, whatever number of owner... Wherever they fell into it said, when this property goes up for sale the next time, Mm -hmm. I would like to be offered an opportunity to buy it first and refuse it. Yeah. If so be. If I don't want it. Yeah. That one was a weird situation. Was Um, that with a previous, like many sellers before? Uh, a couple of sellers before yes and so at this stage and they I think they had passed it up I don't mm-hmm. know how this happened but it never but got released it never got released and this couple is quasi divorced and we had to get they're not legally divorced but they've been living separately for years but we had to we the title company and the agents had to find them and get them to sign off on it. Otherwise, our closing wasn't right. going to happen. Right. And it, there was a, a dragging of it and a delay, so, so to speak. But we were all pretty optimistic because we didn't feel that either party would be uh, in a position to purchase the property. But I think neither one of them wanted to give up their right. Right. So, um, one of the things that we see... A lot, um, in addition to you know these those odd things on title is um, easements, um, all of different kinds of easements on properties, and some are known and some are unknown. And like you were saying, some have been kind of abandoned or you know haven't lost. followed yeah mm-hmm. have been lost so um there can be things like that and if you purchase your properties with a certain understanding and then an easement comes to light and maybe you can't use your property the same way that you had before in a way that changes its value mm-hmm. then that can be an insurable event as well imagine uh, and this is a little bit different but it's uh, similar to like a, a boundary or a survey dispute um you know, there was an example of a woman who thought she was buying a condo with two parking spots and there was an error after closing and realized it only had one parking spot. And that adds a lot of value in a lot of cities. Yeah. And so she ended up getting twenty thousand dollars to offset, you know, the value wow. of that parking spot. So yeah, all right. Well, let's uh, let's go to a break, and then we will finish up with some more stories of common uh, title insurance problems, and hopefully, we are convincing you that title insurance really is uh, necessary and should not be optional. So stick around. You're listening to Real Real Estate Today, your home for
0: smart real estate. Follow us on Twitter at Voice TRN get the lowdown on guests new shows and your favorites that's voice america trn
1: are you interested in buying or selling a home not sure what the next step is Deb can help go to real and click on start here you'll be asked a few simple questions and Deb will personally contact you to help answer your real estate questions and connect you with a realtor in her personal nationwide network of realtors. So even if you aren't in Deb's service area, you're guaranteed to find a good match wherever you are. Visit realrealestatetoday.com. What is your purpose? In the journey that we call life, our values are pre-programmed into us before we're born. During our lives, we pick up life's lessons and soul connections along the way. We explore this path on Soul Sessions with Solstice, featuring hosts Delana Davis and Rita McRae. Our program is designed to help you more confidently live from your heart and not just your head. Tune in live for Soul Sessions with Solstice every Friday at 9 a.m. Eastern Time, 6 a.m. Pacific on the Voice America Variety Channel conservation starts with us learn about environmental concerns each week when you tune in to Our Wild World with host Ellie Weiss the Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com You are listening to Real Real Estate Today. To reach Deb tomorrow or with questions and comments about the show, please send an email to Deb at RealRealEstateToday.com That's Deb at realrealestatetoday.com. Now, back to this week's program.
2: All right, welcome back to our final segment of our two-part series on Talking Title. Um, Please make sure you've listened to both series because it's really good information and you can certainly impress your friends because I guarantee you they don't understand what title insurance is. So Brittany had a story she wanted to share with us about a builder and uh, some
0: liens Mm -hmm. and how title insurance came into play there. So we had a deal one time where the owner didn't get title insurance and the builder that built their home went bankrupt. They didn't. He didn't pay any of his creditors, and they all put mechanics liens on the homes, and the builder hadn't paid any of the bills. Oh, my gosh. So, due to not having title insurance, the owner of that home then inherits those, they, they get those liens, they're yeah. theirs, and it was over $50,000 in mechanics lien with oh no insurance gosh. to cover it. And he now has to sue the builder and get in line with all the other creditors that oh, he, he owes. Never getting that money. Yeah, for his money back. So, title insurance oh would gosh. have taken care of all of that. And so probably a title insurance policy that maybe costs them five
2: hundred, seven hundred dollars, something like that. Yeah. Fifty thousand dollars—that's crazy. Here, I've this is a little bit different, but I thought it was fascinating because it also covers not to say that title insurance companies make mistakes, but um, this is one of those stories that you may not actually believe unless you heard it directly from the person himself. And even hearing it, this person is writing—he's like, "I still didn't even believe it." Uh, this was from a blog post that I found, but uh, there was a guy—he bought uh, investment property in Miami and everything went smoothly. He got good tenants in place. Uh, and uh, when he finally decided to sell the property four years later, that's when the nightmare began. You see, after the first year that he owned the property, he got a $14,000 check in the mail from his bank. And he thought, surely this must be a mistake, right? Uh, I just say, deposit the check and run away. Um, <laughs> but he called, he called the bank and they confirmed it was a refund check for his property taxes. That his escrow account had, you know, it was an overpayment for his escrow account, right? Uh, So he's like, all right, cool. So then the next year, he gets another $14,000 check. And he calls again. Now there must be something really wrong. And they said, no, it's just a refund check. Uh, And then the next two years, he got the same thing, $14,000 each year. And he's just like cashing the money and thinking, this is great. Well, fast forward to the closing table. And they realize that he is delinquent $60,000 in property taxes. How could that be, right? His bank was paying the property tax bill, right? Right. And what does this have to do with title insurance, right? Well, what happened? Each year, his bank would make out a check to the tax collector out of the escrow account, like we all trust our banks do, in order to pay the taxes. But each year, the check was sent right back to the bank from the tax collector. They just returned it. The address for his property was listed wrong by the original title company. And so the check would uh, get sent to the tax department. They would have no idea where to apply it, and they would just return it. And when it got returned, it got returned to a different department in the bank, and no one ever put two and two together. Yeah. Uh, the right hand didn't know what the left hand was doing. So four years this happened, and no one could get to the bottom of it. And uh, at closing, he had to come up with $60,000. Had he, he had title insurance. And so there was a moment of reprieve where he thought, "Okay, you we know, my title insurance will take care of this." Oh no, because this title company went out of business, uh, and so there was nothing he could do except uh, pay it. Well, he probably went out of business because they were doing things like that, yes. making mistakes <laughs> on addresses. So um, you know, again, you know, we—it's hard to know as a consumer what are good title companies to choose Um, but you know we're going to come back to the same thing that we always come back to if you pick a good realtor and a good lender and you've got them fighting for you we're going to make sure that you're picking good title companies and not some fly by night who has stacks of files from 1972 and whose license has been revoked and you know all that kind of good stuff but yeah I thought that was kind of a crazy story That is crazy. Yeah. I'm just saying, I'm sorry, real quick. My past life was working in a bank Mm -hmm. and working in behind the scenes and handling escrow accounts for all the loans that we serviced. Mm -hmm. And I think that most banks would have questioned that. Yeah. For sure the first, but maybe like, okay, well this is, but you know, four years in a row. You've always worked at small local banks. Imagine if it was some big... Regional even even more so to Dallas, Texas cya but okay yeah.
0: Well in Indiana right. they would have lost their house
2: in two years. Right. I mean yeah. that's what's surprising is how long yeah. does it take for you to go to Texas, which is a whole other show too. Um, a few other things that I thought was interesting in terms of common title problems, you know, an undiscovered will, I think, is a good one. Um, because that certainly can happen too. People think they're functioning off of the, you know, most current will, and then there's something else that is discovered. Um, and then like we were talking about false impersonation of a previous owner, that is one as well. Um, you know, these stories and these Problems can cost you uh, your home. Can cost you your home. They can cost you your life savings. Do you have any other good examples? Have we been persuasive enough?
0: I, I don't.
2: There's a, another good handout that um, they have that Brittany provided me with, and we'll put this out online too. But it's seventy-something ways you could lose your home. And the one way to stop it. And, I mean, there is literally, I think there's 77 ways that you could literally lose your home. Um, And, I mean, it's all kinds of things. If the person who signed the deed was declared insane or mentally incompetent, that can put your home at risk. Why Mm -hmm. do you take that chance? I don't get it. Um, There can be um, claims resulting from the use of an alias or a deed challenged as being given under fraud or undue influence or duress, you know, if somebody was threatening somebody, hey, you got to sign this deed over, or I'm gonna, you know, break your kneecaps, cousin Guido, whatever. Then, if they come back after the fact and say, you know, I didn't really intend to do that,
0: that has nothing to do with you as the buyer. That happened, right. you know. On the Jersey Shore, in and we're really hesitant about that. In um, for elderly people in nursing homes, and their children are trying to sell their home for them, and things like that, because you don't know if they're in the right. If they have Alzheimer's, they don't yeah. realize what they're doing, oh. or, and you don't know if uh-huh. they want to sell their home. So we're really picky about the. Yeah,
2: I had one years ago, and um, my buyers they were purchasing the home, and the owner had. Um, signed the contract and everything, but she was elderly and I think she signed it, but there was a power of attorney that had been signed over to a child. And we had to get a doctor's note to say that the mother was competent enough when she signed the power of attorney saying, you know, it just, it got really, really complicated because of the way that the timing worked Mm -hmm. because you guys have attorneys that work for you and they look over everything. And so this was like a power of attorney now, okay, so now we're saying the person's not competent to sign, but two weeks ago they were competent enough to sign a power of attorney allowing their daughter to sign, and it raised red flags.
0: Yeah. And we had to have
2: a note from a doctor saying that, you know, attesting to the mental state. It was kind of crazy, and everybody was kind of annoyed with the whole thing. But, you know. It's to protect fr- from elder abuse, for sure. Yeah. And and like you said, like, we don't know because, you know, we may have a loved one that right now they're in the right state of mind and right. that it could go downhill in those two weeks right for sure so, so there's there's a lot like that. So hopefully we have convinced you, that title insurance is necessary and important. If you have any questions about it, you can certainly contact me. Brittany's contact information will be on the Facebook. Um, so if you have any questions about her, um, she, I'm sure she would love to get answers for you as well. Again, she's with yes. Green County Regional Title. Thank you so much for joining us these past two episodes. It's Thank been you. fun. You did great. I know Thank she was really, really nervous, but I was trying to scare the crap out of her just for my own personal entertainment. <laughs> <laughs> she did It wasn't awesome. too bad. And Karen, thank you as always for joining us. Rachel, thank you for all of your posts on Facebook. Um, everybody have a wonderful and safe Memorial Day weekend, right? That's coming up this weekend. You have any big plans? I got No. Nothing. No. No, no all plans. Right. So there you go. Uh, yeah, title companies are closing Memorial Day. <laughs> have a great weekend, and we will be back next week with another great show. This is Real Real Estate Today, your home for smart real estate.
1: Thank you for tuning into Real Real Estate Today. Please join your host, Deb Tomorrow, for another edition every Tuesday at 12 noon Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Eastern Time, on the Voice America Variety Channel. Until next week, take care of your home. It's one of your most important assets.